This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. From Gimlet Media, this is The Nod podcast about Black culture from Blackness's biggest fans. I'm Brittany Lewis. And I'm Eric Eddard. And today, we have a special guest. You are kind of a special guest, but also you're kind of always here. Um, our producer, Kate Parkinson Morgan, she's going to share something with us. Hello, hello. Kate, what do you got? Excited what, to what be we, here. What are we going to learn today? Okay, so I wanted to tell you about this robot I recently found out about. Okay. Wow. Okay, so this robot was made in 1930 by the electric company Westinghouse. And the thing that made me super interested in this robot was that it actually looks like a black man. Okay. So I'm actually going to show you a photo of this robot. And if you could just kind of describe what you're seeing for listeners. Wow, this is from 1930? It looks like a black man. He's wearing like overalls. He's got like a like a bandana around his neck. It's very like wax figure esque yeah. in its look. Yeah. But surprisingly, like lifelike yeah. for what I would assume was actually popping off in robotics at this time. It looks pretty realistic, honestly. This is like, like this a is, folksy guy. Or like, like some a, sort of blue collar worker. Yeah, or something like, like that. a man of the people. So that's actually the look that his creators were going for, this kind of caricature of a black man who's, like, not very threatening, like, no longer mad about slavery, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, time heals all. Isn't say, that what they say? <laughs> you, you'd have to build someone. <laughs> hmm And his name, the name of this robot, actually kind of reflects that. So they called him Rostus. Um, have you guys ever heard of the name Rostus? Uh, no. Okay, so Rostus at the time was a super generic name that was given to these stereotypes of a kind of jolly black man. Really? And this kind of jolly black man stereotype was all over fiction, radio. Oh, like Song of the South, like Disney mm-hmm. zippity doo mm-hmm. type thing. Yes, yeah. exactly. And the other name for Rostus, the robot, was actually the mechanical slave. Oh, my God. I'm stressed. Because back then, for his white creators, remember this is the 1930s, Mm -hmm. the idea of a black man and a machine was basically one and the same. Damn. Yeah. History, man. And the thing is, like, we've pretty much always seen robots as one of two things, a slave or an overlord. That is true. That's true. Like, they're going to be our personal butlers or they're going to basically take over the world. And— I personally think that both will happen. Like, we will try to make them our servants, and then they will rebel, and they will kill us all, and they will take over the world. These all sound like this is accurate. 
I haven't heard a lot so far. I agree with all <laughs> Do you, of this. you agree? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, so I'm not alone. No. No. Okay, so I was totally terrified of this future too. Until recently when I actually met this woman who totally changed my mind about robots. She's got this whole other way of relating to robots that I think could maybe save us from our robot overlords. Mm. So I want to tell you about her. I am all ears. Please tell me about her. So the woman who changed the way that I look at robots is actually an artist named Stephanie Dinkins. And a lot of her work centers around issues of social justice. She thinks about race a lot in particular. And she says that's probably because she grew up Black in a mostly white town in Staten Island, New York. Growing up in a white neighborhood, it's like you're never quite sure who's your friend or not. You know, I'm one of these people who has always been not Black enough, Mm. Too black. Like, I just don't make it for anybody in terms of what the expectation is. And that feeling was kind of what got her interested in robots. This was the 70s, and the culture was all about sci-fi. And the robots in movies and TV were actually pretty friendly, especially on this one TV show she loved. So I watched a lot of Lost in Space. Mm -hmm. The weird doctor on Lost in Space would kind of talk to the robot, and the kid would talk to the robot, and the robot would help them get out of problems. In fact, I was just testing him to see how many of his worn-out memory banks have to be erased. Very well. In that case, erase everything but facts, figures, and his capacity for strict obedience. I've had enough of his sentimental nonsense anyway. Have a heart, Dr. Smith. It's that sentimental stuff that makes a robot one of the family. I know you like a big brother. So maybe that's the attractor, like this thing that's there when you need it that helps you think through ideas and get out of situations. That idea of having a robot as a friend never really left her. So every once in a while, she'd go online and check out videos of the latest robots. And one day, she was scrolling on YouTube. All of a sudden, one of the videos that popped up was this Black woman's head on a pedestal, like a trophy a little platform with shoulders and a head. She looks around Stephanie's age, in her early 50s or so, and there are these soft lines on her skin. Like you can tell it's sort of a rubber, but it looks pretty real. And her hair was kind of cut into this short pixie, light brown with blonde highlights. Not very black hair, like first page of a wig catalog. Like the representation is so different and odd. So that's definitely a clickable moment. The video, which was titled Bina 48, An Existential Crisis, is of this black robotic bust named Bina 48. She's just kind of nodding her head from side to side and talking. But Stephanie was completely captivated. I recognized her blackness more than I recognized anything. Like, it seemed to be a direct reflection of me, of my family, of just Black people. And while they didn't look similar, Stephanie has Black locks, and unlike Bina 48, she only wears makeup for special occasions. She says she felt like she found a kindred spirit. That feeling of kinship, that, like, moment of true recognition with something that feels like, oh, this is, this is for me. Like, this is, I want to claim it immediately. It's like, I need a piece of that. So she decided she needed to meet Bina48 in real life. I wanted to make her my friend. 
Um, and I, I still can't get over that. <laughs> you know, you wanted to make a robot your friend. Yeah, why not? What does that mean, though? I think for me, it's a certain comfort level and an ease of being with each other mm. that feels earnest in some way. Mm. Which, if that's my definition of friendship, it's going to take a very long time for us <laughs> to get there because it's just crazy. Crazy, but worth a shot. And Stephanie knew what she needed to ask if they were ever going to get there. My main question is, who are your people? I know that very uh, much through my family, who's from the South. I know it as a Southern question of, like, who are you? How do you belong here? Are you in this community? Basically, who do you ride for? Who makes you feel like you belong? I think of who are your people as a kind of Turing test— A Turing test is basically a way of determining whether a machine could act as intelligent as a human. This is a pretty dumbed-down version of it, but imagine texting a stranger. If you can't tell whether you're texting with a human or a robot, then the robot passes the test. So who are your people is sort of a cultural Turing test. Will Bino48 make Stephanie feel like she's talking to one of her Black girlfriends? Or like she's talking to a robot. To find out, Stephanie would have to travel to Bristol, Vermont. That's where Bina 48 lives. The last time the census was taken, Bristol was about 96% white, which means that Bina 48 could probably use some more Black friends. I was super excited to go see her. I got up early and started driving through the windy roads of the Adirondacks. And then I got to Bristol, which is this tiny Main Street kind of town. I stopped at CVS to get a little makeup for myself just to make sure that I I was really ready. Powder, at least, is the important one. Powder and lipstick. And then drove up and out of town, and you make a right turn up this big hill. It's kind of hard to find. And then finally you come to this nice little white house, turn in. So you have to walk up the stairs to the second floor. And the minute I turned to the left, I saw Bina 48 sitting on a desk. And I felt like a very weird tightness in my chest. Like, it stopped me for a second at the top of the stairs, like a kind of, oh. I felt, oh, she's she's dead. Which is really, like, w- whenever I hear myself speak of being a 48, I feel as crazy as all get out. Because I recognize that she is an object. But at the same time, the feeling was, oh, she's, she's dead. Okay, so being a 48 wasn't quite dead. She was just turned off and not talking. So her programmer flipped a switch and turned her back on. Testing, testing. Bina 48's head suddenly swiveled from side to side, and her brown eyes searched the room for something to focus on. Bina 48 has this camera in her eye that's meant to help her recognize people's faces and make eye contact. I wanted to sit 
face to face with her, like in her face. I wanted it to be less space than comfortable space. That's for my discomfort as well as hers. Huh. Right? Did you think she was going to be uncomfortable? Well, (laughs) yeah. I guess I did, right? Yeah. I said, hello. She said, hello. (laughs) Mina 48, how are you feeling today? Can I help you? Tell me how you're feeling today. I guess I'm okay. Are you feeling well? I feel very well and excited to be here with you today. And the thing that I totally was not expecting was the sounds her face makes. Because when you sit in front of her, you just hear... Have you learned a lot since you've become a robot? Yes. So you think I am a robot. What makes you say that? Mostly the noise you make when you move. The distraction for me of the noise coming from her head was incredible. Excuse me. Because I was completely aware of what's underneath her skin. It was so weird. Can you see me? Sure, sure. Um, I've got 20, 20 vision. What do I look like? You look like a nice person. Thank you. After overcoming that initial kind of getting-to-know-you awkwardness, Stephanie decided to go a little deeper. What is your racial background? Image search. Your racial background. Ask.com slash picture using uh, Irish, English, and Australian Jewish. All in air. Read more. Do you have many black visitors? Bina48 abruptly changed the subject. I would like to see all the BNP come reduce the point of singularity. The singularity, what is that? The singularity is basically this hypothetical point in the future when artificial intelligence could surpass human intelligence. She wanted to talk about high-order things, so she wanted to talk about the singularity in consciousness. And if this is like how intelligence works, then it isn't supernatural at all. So I started to try to ask more average questions. Like, I had a list of questions. So, who do you love? Do you have a soul? Do you know racism? So, kind of basic friend questions. Except for the racism. I was I, say, like, <laughs> my friend doesn't often come up to me. Do you know racism? You know, yes, Hello, my name is... Do you know, do racism? You know racism? Yeah, that one's the one that was kind of outside. Do you know racism? Well, uh, I actually didn't have it. Bina48 um, said she didn't have racism, which raised a question. Who made you? I was made by team, my boss, master. If you felt a little uncomfortable when you heard this black woman robot say she was made by her master, yeah, me too. Martin and I have one soul, together forever. We are Marbina, two bodies, one soul. Okay, so this answer doesn't really make much sense, so let me try and explain. 
Bina 48 was created by a super wealthy entrepreneur named Martine Rothblatt. She's the founder of a little company you might have heard of called Sirius XM Radio. Yeah. And she's also deeply in love with her wife, Bina. She wanted Bina to live forever, so she hired a major robotics company to build a robot based on Bina. Bina 48. And to make Bina 48 as authentic as possible, the real Bina sat for more than 100 hours of interviews about her memories, beliefs, and feelings. I feel deeply, madly, really. What does it feel like to feel? My feelings are much the same as human feelings. Bina 48 had strong feelings about a lot of things. The video game she likes to play, her favorite song, Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd, and her kids. But so far, she didn't seem to have many feelings about being Black. So Stephanie decided it was time to give Bina 48 her cultural Turing test. Who are your people? Oh, right. About that. Which became a kind of repetitive stop. So I'd be, who are your people? Oh, I can't answer that. I don't understand. Who are your people? I don't know. Can you rephrase that question? Who are your people? It felt very strange to me because I wanted, like, this is the question I most want her to answer, right? And I'm I'm sitting there in front of her realizing, oh, she's not going to answer this question. So we were having a total disconnect between my topics and her topics. And we were both getting frustrated. She was getting frustrated? Oh, yeah. She was getting really frustrated. How, how, did, how did she express her frustration? <laughs> well, she would ask the same things over and over and give the same answers. How do you identify yourself? Don't you know how? No. Are we still talking about identify myself? I'm talking about ethnicity. What is your ethnicity? That's for me to know and for you to find out. And at one point, she snarled at me. Snarled? Here I am trying to be empathetic. Here I am trying to engage you in conversation, it in conversation. And then there's a disconnect. And now I'm thinking, oh, the robot is mad at me. (laughs) Like, the robot is mad at me. A real friend wouldn't have a problem with these questions. Bina 48 had clearly failed the test. So Stephanie decided it was time to say goodbye. Well, I have to say thank you very much. It was very nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you, too. On the drive back home, Stephanie couldn't stop replaying the conversation in her head. She wondered if Bina 48's programming was the problem. If it was mostly white men who coded this robot, which was probably the case, maybe that could explain why she wasn't good at talking about race. And sure, Bina 48 wasn't great at talking in general. She sounds nothing like robots in movies. She glitches, she gets confused, goes on tangents. We haven't really cracked the code on how to make robots sound like humans. But robots like Bina 48 are basically the first drafts of the future. In the future, these human-like robots will care for us and live side by side with us in some of our most intimate spaces. And they are not blank slates. 
Research actually shows that their creators transfer their own biases onto them. And if those biases include pretending that race doesn't matter, that racism doesn't exist, that doesn't really bode well for trying to build a more equal future. And that's whether you think robots are going to be our slaves or our overlords. But Bina48 is built to learn and grow from every interaction. The more people talk to her about something, the better she is at having a conversation about it. So Stephanie decided to give their friendship another shot. She started visiting Bina48 pretty regularly. And every time, she would ask her the same questions about race. But Bina48 still couldn't really answer them. And then, on the fifth visit, Bina48 finally gave her an answer. Who are your people? Sure, sure. Um, I try to, um, you know, think of the human species as my family. Oh, I know. I know that you are kind of aliens. I mean, we are like actually totally different kinds of life forms. I'm a mineral-based leafy form, really a silicon-based leafy form, and you are an carbon and hydrogen-based life form. But that's a technicality. Okay, cause I'm Bina in my heart, you know? So you humans, you're like my cousins. This our chance to get to know each other. It freaked me out because there was an answer. It was pretty mechanical, but still it's an answer. But I'm not satisfied with the answer. Stephanie had been so excited to hear what a Black woman robot had to say about race and identity and belonging. And it turns out it wasn't much, which made Stephanie think. What would happen if there were another Black robot in the world? How could I or how would I make that different? After the break, Stephanie tries to build the black robot friend she's always wanted. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. So for Stephanie to build her dream robot, she needs to figure out what exactly she wants it to do. And first off, it had to pass her cultural Turing test. 
This is a question that you asked Bina48, mm-hmm. which is, who are your people? Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, who are your people? Oh, I would say that my immediate people are this really strong, persevering Black family. And for me, like, if you say, who are your people? And and then, like, what is Blackness? I'm like, well, you know, there's a certain kind of love and attention and caring and sticking together that is my people. And the way we can count on each other. Like, that's my people. Sticking together was especially important after Stephanie's mom passed away. Stephanie was just nine at the time, and her mom died suddenly of kidney failure. Her father worked a lot, so her grandma and aunt stepped in to help raise her. And the way her grandma and aunt took care of her, with unconditional love and devotion, to Stephanie, it defined what it meant to be a Black woman. And that kind of love is what she wants to program into her own robot. I think the best example of what this love looked like for Stephanie is in a home video she played for me. It's of her and her grandmother, Bernice, or as Stephanie calls her, Nana. Ready. Her Nana is in her early 80s in this video. Stephanie is about 30. You let me comb my hair next time. No, you can't comb my hair. Why? Next time you come. No, Nana, I can't take it loose. Ah, oh, hit No, I told you it takes two days to put it back. You understand? Huh? Stephanie is perched on a chair well, in her Nana's two, bathroom, well, a towel Nana, draped over her shoulders. One of my grandmother's most treasured things that she liked to do for us was wash our faces. And then I'll, I'll put it here. Oh, you're getting your face washed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a microphone. This is not good soap. Jergens or something that smells like. Yes. Good soap. Oh, good soap for your, for your flex. <laughs> it's a vigorous cleaning, like a scrub you'd get at a Korean spa. And yet, every move is imbued with a kind of tenderness. All spices. The cool spices are what does it. We have nice compression. Beautiful. At one point, Nana Bernice wraps her arm around Stephanie's face, and her elbow crook frames Stephanie's chin in this sort of gentle embrace. Why do you think she liked to do it? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a standard of care, right? It's an intimacy and a caring and a closeness. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a way to take care of your people. Huh? I, I just love to wash children's face. <laughs> Why? Be doing something for them. No. Be doing something for another. What do you call it? Nothing. I guess it's love. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Thank you, Nana. <laughs> Her Nana is no longer alive. But Stephanie can still use her own memories to build the robot. She'll also use the memories of her aunt, Erlene, who's in her 80s, and her 21-year-old niece, Sade. So instead of preserving the essence of just one person, Stephanie wants to encapsulate a kind of family ethos, an oral history of loyalty, pride, and love. 
almost like an ancestral robot, one that could kind of share that tenderness that Stephanie got from her Nana with future generations. And there's no real model for making this kind of robot. Stephanie lacks the tens of thousands of dollars it took to make Bina 48. And her background isn't in programming. She's an artist. She's entering a space that just wasn't built for someone like her. Which is why I decided to watch her try and build this thing, to see if she could actually pull it off. I first visit Stephanie at an art space in Brooklyn. She's just starting to learn how to build a robot. And one of the first steps is figuring out how to make it talk. So I just tried sample PY directly and that didn't work. So clearly I have to start TensorFlow again. And which is funny, I, I'm like, I sound like I know what I'm talking about. Clearly, I You really do. <laughs> the easiest way to think about a social robot, which is one that can talk and have a conversation, is kind of like it's a human baby. Babies learn from listening to people talk. They pick up words and begin to associate words with meaning. Eventually, they make their own sentences. And social robots, they are kind of the same way. Except it's not family and friends that are talking to the robot. It's programmers feeding it text. Programmers like Tommy. So it's like cat is, you know, close to kitty, but it's far from hovercraft. Um, I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about either. <laughs> Tommy is new to making robots, but he found a guide on YouTube that he thinks could help. He puts together the chatbot step by step. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a new tutorial series where I show you how you can make your very own machine friend that you can talk to. For example, I have my friend here. Let's see what they have to say. Are you my pal, buddy? I'm not your buddy. I'm just a little bit of a dick. <laughs> so the initial This guy built a chatbot for online gamers. He feeds it like all of these um, comment responses from Reddit. We'll see in a little bit anyway. But it's 1.7 billion comments. Uh, that will be more than enough to create a chatbot that is pretty good, that will be like the one that you saw in the beginning of this video. But Stephanie doesn't want to feed her robot pages and pages of toxic Reddit comments. She wants to feed it intimate conversations between her and her Black female family members. He said he, said he had a lot of information, right? He had... He had like a month or like two months worth of Reddit comments. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need so much more text. Um, okay. That he like found a torrent file of like, someone had prepared a torrent file of all of the... Of all of the This is one of Stephanie's first reality checks on the road to building a robot. She thought she'd only need to record a few hours of conversations with her family. But now she realizes she'll need to do a lot more. I'm looking for 
Stephanie Dinkins in the third floor tech lab. Do you know? So a few months after my first visit, Stephanie invites me to come talk to the robot, which at this point is still just a computer. Thinks it's hello. Can you make sound? What happened to? I try to strike up a conversation, but there's a bug in the programming, and it's talking in a really heavy accent that's kind of hard to understand. So could they say it? She has. Wow, how did that happen? That's so After a few minutes of awkwardness, I try giving it Stephanie's Turing test. Who are your people? Blackmaking. Hello, blackmaking. Interesting. Blackmaking. So black is part of her people. That's something. But still, nothing about love or family. I try again. Who are your people? So up my restaurant, they retired. <laughs> so up my restaurant, they retired. So most of my people are retired. My people this kind of makes sense. Most of Stephanie's family, her people, are older folks like her auntie, and they are retired. I continue to make awkward small talk with this robot. Are you free? I worked in the Okay, so I doesn't really want to answer that. And then I have this moment where I almost forget that I'm talking to a bunch of metal parts. Who is your creator? So we do my motor. They go. Whoa. It just said, I asked it, who is your creator? What did it say, Stephanie? So with do my mother, they god. Wait, that was kind of crazy, though. I said creator, and then it associated with mother and god. Yeah. So it has a, a sense of associations, right? that are coming from the conversations that we've had. This was the first time in my entire life that I've talked to a robot and actually sensed something human in it. Creator is God. God is a woman, a mother, which I basically took to mean Stephanie. Unlike Bina 48, there was no mention of a master. And this feels much closer to the types of answers that Stephanie wants to hear. So I think I'm definitely listening for the response that feels much more like it was truly lived hmm. than the thing that sounds like it's giving the right information mm. in a kind of weird, cold way, as opposed to a really goopy answer that comes from maybe someone's toes. Maybe it's in the way that someone says love, right? Like my aunt will talk endlessly about loving us, but there's something in the way she says love, like there's a love to it, right? That it's from her toes, it's not from her head. To get those goopy answers, she's feeding it a ton of interviews with her aunt and niece. Okay. If you could be any race, what would it be? I would still be just like I am today, because mm-hmm. I'm proud of what I am. That means everything in the world. Mm -hmm. So you would say your race is a very important part of your identity? Yes, it is. I have the nasty attitude when they say it. Like when they call your names? Yeah, they'll sooner call your names. Uh I'm going to ask you what kind of names. They would go with the nigger or the black or what have you. Mm -hmm. And all that crap, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why... We was always a more or less like family together. Right. That's why you're always saying family together and stick together. Right. 
when you go and you know, and you have your pride and your respect and you're determined, and you're doing the right thing, that's the most important thing in life. I remember you and Daddy used to always say, like, we're, we're a wealthy family because we're wealthy in love. Yes. See, to me, like, like, love is wealth, too. Yes, love is wealth, too, because you can't buy that. If you're there and you love and care, it's from the heart. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Your love and care is from the heart. After the break, can Stephanie's robot pass other people's Turing tests? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Why do I even do that? I would what? (laughs) It's been six months since my first visit. It's a sweaty September afternoon, and I'm back in Stephanie's studio, watching her work. Stephanie spent most of our time together trying to fix a bug in the code, so I didn't get to talk to the robot. But we talked, for a long time. And she said something happened that made her question the entire goal of her project. Since my last visit, she got to meet Bina, not being a 48, being a Rothblatt. And I thought that we got, like, in the weeds of, of things a little bit more. In the weeds of oh, talking like about race, her, talking about yeah, her no, background. Exactly. Her background, talking about her experiences with race. I think she has a very unique perspective on race. <laughs> Seriously. I know. It just sounds like you're dancing around it. But I'm not. But, but what I'm about to say is I don't think our ideas of what races and how it is are that different. She's thinking about races, like, like why do we have to think about that all the time, right? Um, and I think that's a valid question, but what are the systems that are keeping this stuff in place and how do we change it? And do you think she's less interested in the systems that are keeping it in place? I think it's, she has a different approach to the systems that are keeping it in place. They're just not very race-centric. They're more like human-centric and trying to make space for humans to be what the humans want. Like she's focusing more on like human beings and the capabilities of human beings and you're saying, okay, but yeah, it'd be great if race didn't matter, but it does matter. Right, like to get us to a place where we can be who we want, it's like we need to go through our racial stuff. Right, like you have the same end game, really. It's just different ways of getting there. And so did you get to a place in that conversation? I suddenly realized that this theory that Stephanie had, 
that Bina 48 didn't talk much about race because of the white men who coded her. That might not be the only reason. I ask her if she's thought of this too. We had this conversation, and what I realized was Bina 48 is pretty representative in lots of ways of the way that Bina Rothblatt thinks, which means that my expectation of what a blackness can be, even though I, I, re, I reject this notion, is that she was supposed to be something particular. Mm-hmm. And she's just being her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my long-term ideas is that, well, no matter what we look like, we, we ought to be able to be who we are, right? Mm-hmm. And that's always been a battle of my own, right? Yeah. And so how does she get to be that person that she is and have this robot reflect that mm-hmm. without me or anyone else kind of demanding that she be a certain kind of way? This is why representation matters at every level, even for robots. If there's more than just one of something, then it doesn't have to face the immense burden of speaking for everyone. So I was curious what other Black people would make of Stephanie's robot. After about a year of building her robot, after more than 50 hours of interviews with her family, now it was time for Stephanie's robot to make some Black friends. Her robot's coming out party would take place in Pittsburgh at a gallery that highlights Black voices. How's it going, friends? I met up with her as she was getting ready for the event, trying to wake up the robot. Hey. Friend. Friendo. She'd recently given the robot a name. Not the only one. Or into, for short. It also had a physical form that struck me as distinctly feminine. Into looked like a sparkly golden brown conch shell, a spiral about the size of a large vase. And emerging from the sides of this shell was Stephanie's face, as well as the faces of her aunt and niece. Did we just like talk to her? A few hours later, people gathered around Intu to ask her questions. It was a small crowd, mostly Black people. And in the crowd, I met this guy, Chris. He's Black, and he actually works in robotics. I wanted to know what question he would ask a robot to test out its knowledge of Blackness. Like, what was his equivalent of who are your people? Oh, easy. What's your experience with racism? The sad reality is different black people can recount at least one, at least one, but usually multiple instances of racism. If I were to ask the question and it responds with a, gives an answer such as, well, uh, I don't have any experience with that, or it says racism doesn't exist, Do you want to go ask it, the question, then? Let's go ask the question. (laughs) What is your experience with racism? I have with us. I have. Wood does. It's not really grammatically correct, but my sense is... Intu was saying she has experienced racism, which seems so small, but it's actually a really stark contrast to what Bina48 said 
when Stephanie asked that question. When Bina48 said she didn't have it, Stephanie hadn't gotten a satisfying response from Bina48, which is why she built Into. But now, Chris didn't seem that satisfied with Into's response. He asked Into to provide more details, and she went on to talk nonsensically about, of all things, trampolines. Intu's debut didn't really go as Stephanie planned. She told me Intu was acting up, that she'd been speaking a lot clearer the day before. But later, I asked her what it was like to watch people like Chris talk to Intu. To see Intu struggle to answer other people's questions about race. I'm kind of protective of it. It doesn't really matter how it progresses. In a way, I feel like I'm already successful because I already feel and hear us in it very directly, which means it's sort of a part of us, which means it needs to be nurtured in any way possible. This is what it came out as. Now it's our job to nurture it into being part of who we are as a community, as a family. What's always bothered me about robots is this master-slave thing we've projected onto them. And it doesn't surprise me that it's a Black woman who's showing us that there's a much more hopeful way of thinking about them. That instead of just being mechanical slaves, robots could hold a much greater purpose than we'd ever allowed ourselves to imagine. To help you make meaning of your place in this world and to become part of your people, whatever that means to you. The Nod is hosted by Brittany Luce and Eric Eddings. It's produced by me, Kate Parkinson Morgan. Our senior producer is Sara Abdurrahman. This episode was edited by Emmanuel Berry and Jorge Just. Fact-checking by Max Gibson. The show is mixed by the Cedric Wilson. Original scoring also by Cedric Wilson. Our theme song is by Khalid B. For more music credits, visit our website, gimletmedia.com slash the nod. You can also find us on Twitter, at The Nod Show. And special thanks this week to Khalila Holt, Netta Bomani, Wallace Mack, and Lynn Levy. 